Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Bike Pond. My name is Terry Toop, and today's program will be called On Demand. We will discuss the use of computer patches, upgrades for efficiency, to making sure that you know your uh, computer is aware of you know, certain viruses that you prevent. Excuse me, prevent the measures to make sure that these vi- uh, these patches are installed. Also, to make sure these computers work fine, and sometimes. of viruses like malware and worms and stuff like that. So we're going to get into that. And I'm also going to talk about my weekend that I had this, this coming this past weekend. And we'll get into that and anything else that people that are going to be listening and want to talk about, that's fine with me. And we'll get into that. And hopefully everyone enjoyed this weather here. It's been rain, cool, and then all of a sudden it gets really hot. And we'll discuss that, but like I said, we're going to talk about patching. It's real important that people know that patching is necessary for the computer because if you didn't have patching or an upgrade, your computer would be locked up full of viruses and and no telling what other problems you have. And then next thing you know, you got to go out and buy a new computer because you didn't have the proper patching. So we'll get into that and we'll talk about some other things that are going on. So let's get started and let's get the party going, all right? So let's bring that down. All right, everyone. Well, like I said, welcome to Bike Time. My name is Terry Two, and today's show is On The Mend. <clears throat> like I said, we're going to talk about patching, which is really, really important. I know people think it's not, but you really need to have patching on your computer. So sometimes um, you'll see... Microsoft, like your computer, be going to say, do not turn off computer because you can't do it. So what Microsoft is doing, it's sending a patch to your computer that needs to be done. It's time, like say, say for instance, at nighttime and you leave the computer off or you just do a control or delete, you lock up your computer, but you'll see something in the middle. It could be three, four o'clock in the morning. Well, let's say two, three o'clock in the morning on the East Coast. And what Microsoft is doing, they are actually patching your computer. All right. So we'll talk, like I said, we'll get into that and a few other things, but I'm going to tell you about my weekend, ladies and gentlemen. So on yesterday, I finally got to see earth, wind and fire and Carlos Santana um, at the Jiffy Lou pavilion in Virginia. And May I say this without being too critical? Earth, Wind, and Fire put on a show, okay? They didn't have the late, great Maurice White because he died some years ago. But um, what's his name? Philip Bailey is still there. He's the creator of Earth, Wind, and Fire. And Fredell White, which was Maurice White's brother, he was still there. And I can't think of the other guy's name. I think it's Brian, I think it is, right? But anyway, those are three remaining members of Earth, Wind & Fire. They've been together over 50 years, okay? 
that goes to tell you the stability of that group. And let me tell you, they did not disappoint at all. Philip Bell's got to be 71, 72 years old. He was hitting notes. He was sitting, you know, he sings as a false subtle voice. He was hitting those notes like he was 25, 30 years, like he was 30 years old. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. He's 71, 72 years old, and he's still hitting those high-end falsetto notes. I said, it's unbelievable. But they did have other singers. Um, they didn't announce in, they didn't announce the name, but I didn't remember uh, because I was too I was screaming. I was singing along just like everybody else dancing and everything. That's why I'm sore today, ladies and gentlemen. Earth Wind of Fire put on a fantastic show. Carlos Santana kind of disappointed me. He did some of his old stuff, but he couldn't get people to rock. You know what I mean? He couldn't get people to jump up and down. You know, the, the, the Spanish Congo beat and all that. That was all fly. And they show video clips of him when he performed at Woodstock, which was beautiful. But he couldn't get people up dancing. You know what I mean? And I think uh, if I were to promote or understand that Santana was a headline, I think I would have put Ruth with him for a second. That's just me. I'm not the promoter, but oh my God, people were leaving during Santana. Here, this guy, another one. He's 74 years old, still performing, but he just didn't have that, uh, you know? I like the Spanish beat and everything. I love that, but he just did not have that oomph that, you know, just to punch it. I just didn't have it. And I'd say I left through the concert because I understand that Earth, Wind & Fire comes on and performs with Santana, but you know what? I think it was best uh, to beat the traffic also. But uh, yeah, Earth, Wind & Fire played all of the classics. They played I Write a Song, uh, Reasons. Um, what, what else did they sing? They sing everything, but they sing their main classics. Let's Groove Tonight. What else did they sing? They sing it all. And I was up there while in my seat. Dancing and singing with everybody else. Oh my God. I did not. I sat down one time. That was just to get a breather. But other than that, that was it. Fantastic show. Great job. Don't know when they're coming around again because they're getting up to any age. I doubt they ever go on tour again. Phil Bailey's son was one of the singers. We sounded really good. So he'll probably continue on with Earth, Wind, and Fire. But other than that, people, um, great show. All right. So, like I was saying earlier, so. Like today's show is on the men. We're, we're talking about patching on the computers. So, like I was saying earlier, that you know, something like I say, two, three o'clock in the morning, you'll see this thing do not turn off your computer. We're doing an upgrade. So, what they're doing is exactly what they're saying. They are actually upgrading, pushing patches, new patches into your computer. All right. So, basically, what a patch is, a patch is a modification to a program to improve its security, performance, and other features. A patch is sometimes referred to as a bug fix uh, since a reason to patch is an imperfection that's discovered by developers and users. To make edit developers use debugging software to make patches that are temporary or permanent. Okay, so basically that's what they're doing. Like I was saying earlier, they, they push out the patch just to make sure to performance and security. So that's real important to understand. Okay, what they're saying here also is that doing so is not foolproof. Some patches negatively 
affect performance or have ripple effects that interrupt features. This is what some sometimes <clears throat> when there's an imperfection in the patch, this could happen, right? Not everything is foolproof like they're saying, but it's better than nothing. You gotta have some kind of, you know, you want flawless. You want you want things to move good. So having a patch is really good. Also, <clears throat> patching software can be a part of applications, life cycle, time long, or anticipate changes, or it can be a response to a news of a security vulnerability, like I said, malware, performance issue, or other defects. So early this year, there was an attack on Chrome, and the guys from Google had to push out a new browser because people, I got hit with it too. We all got hit, it hit millions and millions of computers across country. So we had to upgrade our browser to a newer version because it was infected. So Google guys put that out, hey, boom, 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 they put that patch out, they put a new patch out. They had to put that out because it was, it, had, it got attacked. So that's something that's really important to understand. When they tell you, hey, we need you to upgrade your new browser, same thing with uh, Microsoft. When they have on Edge, the Edge will say, hey, maybe you might need you might need to upgrade. But most of the time with Microsoft, I will say this, they'll like I said, they'll do it at nighttime, okay? But there's times when you might have to manually do it yourself. I would recommend do it. Same thing with Mozilla. You you when they say, hey, we need you to upgrade, you looks like you have an old version of a browser. Please upgrade. They're actually telling you you have to do this, all right? Because you are susceptible malware. Okay. Viruses, Trojan horses, that kind of thing. So yeah, so it, that's basically what it is. So like like they're saying here, some enterprise software providers use their own jargon such as service pack, Microsoft, or corrective service diskette or fixed patch. Um, Microsoft and also IBM. Okay. So somebody's uh doing different terminology on patching, but it's all the same thing. Okay. So that's basically what it is. So we're going to talk about, there are two types of software patches. Okay. Software patches generally fall into three distinct categories. A single, pa uh, single patch can fall into one category. However, um, hidden categories are bug fixes, security updates, and feature updates. Okay. So you probably say self, what are the differences? Okay. A patch minimizes your attack surface and protects your system against attackers. While general software updates can include lots of features, patches are updates that address specific vulnerabilities. Be cognizant of that. Updates and some patches are there, there are updates that address specific vulnerabilities. Okay. So when you see something on the internet and it tells you, hey, you need to update your system ASAP. Do it. Please do that because you don't want to be, you want to fall to viruses. Like I, I have, I'm not going to say most, uh, I can say it. I have Norton, okay, as my, my protection antivirus, okay. It runs updates also, okay. I might be sleeping, but behind, that protection, they're running updates. Like they'll do, like, you know, 
give you an idea here. Like sometimes they would do scans. They definitely do scans. Okay. We might not see it, or you could manually do it yourself. Okay. They're running, they're doing scans because they're trying to find, hey, do you have viruses on your computer? You got more way on here. Let's try and find it. All right. And then after that, they'll do an additional scan. It'll send updates to that. Okay. So basically, same thing. Everyone's trying to, you want to keep your computer free of viruses, anything vulnerable. It's like they're saying. Okay. And then we have other patching also. We have database patching. Okay. So database patching. Let's get to that. Thank you very much, people. Okay. So a database, like say, um, let's call Oracle. Because they're the main guys out there now doing databases. So database patching is done for fixing bugs, improving system performance. Uh, patching, co-managed databases are responsibility for the user while applying patches to autonomous databases is done by the provider, which will be Oracle, okay? And then you have situations they'll say, okay, so we need you to run this version of patching on your computer. You're like, what is that? And I'm going to explain to you what that is. So when a new version of software is released, users of that software are entitled to a free patch or an upgrade at a discounted price, okay? Depending on the current license owned, okay? So that makes a big difference too. So if you have a, uh, a new license and you bought, uh, you bought this license, you will get the upgrade on here, patch version, okay? So sometimes a patch is offered to users who currently own a license for a version of the software that has the same major revision number as a new release. So keep that in mind that you are able to get this. If you buy, like, say, I don't know, a new package of Photoshop. Good, good one. Photoshop, great application. Say, for instance, Photoshop, hey, we, we, we have this new version, patch version. Run this after you do your install. Okay, so you're going to run that install install your the licensed software, okay? Then you're gonna run the patch upgrade. You have to run a, that version that they assign to your, to the licensed software that you have, okay? So keep that in mind, okay? And then there's other ways of updating software, okay? So Microsoft has a system that's called system Center Configuration Manager was SCCM. So they say, hey, listen, have you run SCCM? Basically, what you're doing here is a window product. Is a, well, SCCM is a window product that enables the management, deployment, and security of devices and applications across an enterprise. So if you're running servers, okay, Exchange, um, you run in Exchange servers, Outlook, um, and you have to have upgrades. So SCCM is going to be running in that background. Okay, so that's a that's a Microsoft version, and I and I think majority of the people that work in a uh, a computer company or an IT company, SCCM is run all the time. All right. 
and <clears throat> then you saying yourself, okay, so SCCM is running the background. How do you patch that server? Okay. As you know, if you work in the office, I don't care where you work at nowadays, you work at a dentist's office, in the background, they have servers running. Okay. They also need to be upgraded. Okay. So another thing, let's talk about that. So you have multiple servers. Okay. You're running uh, server 2016, server 2012, server 19, Microsoft. SCCM is running, but you got to have specific patches to run okay so so in that case on the server server patch uh, management best practices establish a set uh patch management schedule every server os releases patches on a separate schedule so you might say hey listen i'm going to release this patch at i don't know let's say six o'clock in the evening. Cause you know, no one's on the computers, right? So at that time, I'm going to run that patch on that server. Okay. Then you run another one. You're going to run another uh, patch, let's say two, three o'clock in the morning. Cause there's not that many people on the computers. Okay. Unless you're working overnight. So they know they're going to run They're scheduled. So that push out that patch for that computer. Then sometimes, uh, when they run a report, They'll run a report and telling you, hey, okay, this patch didn't go through properly. We need you to manually run it. Okay, so what you do, you go through uh, software center, or if it's not, if it's already been, if it did run, you can manually run it. Okay, you probably had to do a remote desktop, find out what that that server was, that machine, that particular server, get in there whatever you go, you can do IP or sometimes you can go by the name. You can go in there to remote desktop and you would run the patch on that, on that server manually. And when it's completed, you'll get, it'll turn green. Okay. Okay. Prioritize server patches by severity. So say for instance, if this server continually gets hit, boom, I know that. Okay it's necessary to update this server. This is priority number one. We have to update this server, all right? Say for instance, it's getting attacked and it's getting hit, right? And you're noticing this and you take it to your um, your IA guy and say, listen, man, I think this server, it's got some issues. So you're gonna make this one a priority and get that taken care of as soon as possible, all right? You're gonna, sometimes you might have to manually patch that yourself, okay? Test server patches prior to deployment, which is a very good idea. So if you got a closed environment uh, and run the server, you know, that'll work. That's definitely important, okay, because you want to get the kinks out of it, okay? Use one central server patching software. Really, really important. So whoever that guy that's in charge, your software engineer, and he's in charge of these patching, you want to make sure that, you have one server patching software. Really, really important, okay? And automatic patch management saves time. Like we said earlier, you want to schedule those times for those patches that go into the server, okay? And 
it's really important because you don't want anything where it's gonna there's gonna be problems with it. Like say during the daytime, everyone's there. Like you say between, between the hours of seven and five, you really don't run patching on those computers. It has happened, uh, but it's not really ideal to have that. So it's best to run those when there's not a lot of users on those workstations. Okay. Let's talk about some of the name of the patches, all right? There's multiple names. I'm going to talk about some of the general ones. So the first one is called a hotfix, okay? Hotfix can also solve many of the same issues as a patch, but it is implied a applied to a hot system, a live system to fix an issue immediately, okay? This is what I'm talking about. You were like to do a remote desktop and you would take care of the issue. Um, it's done without creating system um, downtimes or outages. So that's another issue. You could remote, like I said, remote desktop and manually get in there and get that done ASAP. Okay. Another one is 6.2 point release. Uh, excuse me. Six, uh, this is called point release. Point release is a minor or small update to an existing application or software product. It is typically intended to fix bugs and minor enhancements or clear smaller issues with the product. So this is something that's very minute, but it needs to be looked after, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know why. It seemed like the last couple of weeks I got something in my throat, so bear with me. I'm gonna drink a water real quick. Okay, perfect, thank you. Let's see. Next one went uh, security patches. Really, really important. You want to make sure that those security patches are done properly and they have to be done. I don't care if you're at home, at work, you want to make sure those security patches are in there. A security patch is essentially a method of updating systems, applications, or software by inserting code to fill or patch the vulnerability. This helps secure the system against an attack. So, you know, you know the attacks, malware, worm, Trojan horse, all that. You wanna, you have to have a patch in your system, preventive measure, okay? Okay, next one. We talked about this earlier, service pack. Microsoft is great at this. Service, uh, service pack is a collection of updates patches, bug fixes, and system improvements. This is what I'm talking about too. Microsoft does a great job of doing this nighttime. Like I said, most of the time when they do this, it's like, it'll, it'll show on your computer, hey, we got a service pack that's gonna be coming through. And they'll tell you, and if you, I think it's in control panel, um, and they'll tell you, hey, this is what's gonna happen, all right? This is the time that it's going to happen. You can change those times yourself, but personally, you want that done while you're sleeping, okay? Because you want to wake up in the morning. You want to, if you, if you need to check your computer like I do, I check my computer every morning. You know, I check my emails, uh, you know, all kinds of things before I go to work. But you, you got to make sure that those patches, uh, and another thing too, people, <sighs> I worked at all computer places and people are so, they lock the computer. 
that was totally wrong. It, it, this is what messes up computers. You lock the computer, but yet you're not getting that those patches to be done. So I've been at places where people got warned, hey, you need to unlock, log off on your computer so we can have those patches going through. Okay. Microsoft, same thing, service pack. Make sure your computer's unlocked. And when you are completely logged out because you want Microsoft sends out service packs all the time. And it's necessary. So people, even at home, please do not lock your computer unless you're gonna go back on there. If you're not, log off, turn it down, turn off, whatever. But you gotta log out from your computers or shut down because you gotta have as Microsoft pushes our service packs. And you want your computer run good, be uh, prevented from um, viruses, Please do that, okay? Then you have unofficial patches. An unofficial patch is a patch for a piece of software created by a third party, such as a user community without the involvement of the original developer. Be careful on this, because some of that stuff might have viruses on it, okay? Make sure to, if, if they're a reputable developer, fine. But you're just in the community of developers and these software engineers, and they say, hey, man, we got this new thing. We want to put it. No, no, no. Don't do that. You're going to wreck your computer. So I would say don't do it. Okay. Uh, what's it? Monkey patch. This is a new one to me. I never heard this one. So a monkey patch is a way for a program to extend or modify supporting system software locally. Okay. So Python is computer language. Okay. Python, the term monkey patch refers to a dynamic modifications of a class or module at runtime motivated by the intent to patch existing third-party code as a workaround to a bug or feature which does not act as you desire, okay? That's in Python. So that's a computer language that's out there, okay? <clears throat> then, so what we've been talking about here are mostly Windows-based products, right? So, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Apple Mac has some of their um, patching is about the same as, let's say, as Windows, but it's a little bit different. So they do have, for uh, Mac OSs, they have uh, patch management. You're going to hear that too. And we'll get into that, and we'll talk about their patch management. Okay, so what they have here, um, they use uh, endpoints, Endpoint Central. Now, they have endpoint two with Windows, but that's mostly used with Norton uh, endpoint. They have an uh, endpoint system on Norton, and that's just for network wide. Okay, you have a uh, software, you run it, um, and you have a Norton endpoint. So that basically, what they're doing is just pushing out updates on their virus protection. In this case. This is Endpoint Central for OS, uh, Mac OS. Endpoint Central's uh, agent solution handles every aspect of automatic update installation, which includes system discovery, identifying the required Mac updates, deploying relevant patches, hot fixes, security updates, and providing patch reports to make network administrators' jobs simple. Network managers can opt for this completely automated patch system software solution and don't have to worry about patching Mac systems ever again. So what they're saying is they're, they're doing conglomeration of everything at once. 
and they'll get a report, okay? So what they're saying here is, okay, we're going to push our end, endpoint central. We're going to run it, run it, run it, run it, run it. Then at the end, we're going to get a report. We're going to see what's happening here. If it's good that first take, boom, we're, we're good. But if not, we're going to correct that, those issues that we see in that report, okay? All right. What feature does Endpoint Central support for Mac patch management? We'll get into that. Uh, update a vulnerability database at Manage Engine Site to assess the vulnerability status of the network. Completely automated patch management solution for both physical and virtual assets. Scans the network periodically to detect missing and applicable patches for endpoints within the network. Then you have patch-based deployment, allows you to deploy a patch to all systems applicable. You got system-based patch deployment, deploy all the missing patches and hot fixes for a system. This is all in the Mac o, in the Mac OS environment. Provision to test and approve patches prior to bulk deployment. Okay. Automatic handling of patch interdependencies and patch sequencing. Exhaustive reports on system vulnerabilities, patches, and OS and periodic updates on the batch deployment status, support for third-party patches, and support for antivirus definition updates. Really important, uh, the antivirus. Okay. Let's see what else we have here. So another question. <clears throat> How does patch management work in Endpoint Central? Okay, so patch management... Um, architecture remains the same as Windows Patch Manager. And there's a website you can go, link you can go to, not so much a link, but if you want to know more about it, go to Patch Management Architecture in OS, uh, on Mac, okay? And let's see, what else we have here? And then also, uh, we have examples. Um, Endpoint Central supports Mac updates for the following versions. So I'm just going to give you a few. We got Mac OS 12, Monterey, Mac OS 11, Big Sur, Mac OS 10.15, Catalina, uh, Mac 10.14, Mojave, Mac OS 10.13, High Sierra, um, Mac OS 10.12, Sierra, and then Mac.10.11, El Capitan. Okay. <laughs> so... Yeah, so that those are the app updates, patching for both Windows and Mac OS. I know I put a lot of emphasis on Windows because we all use a lot of Windows, okay? I, I don't know that much about Mac. I'm in I know little I don't I'm clueless when it comes to Linux. Okay. I'm learning it now, but it's best, you know, they're all doing the same thing, you know? So we all gotta have patching that need to be done on our computers, okay? And it has to be done. It's just no ifs, ands, and buts. You can't just say, well, okay, we're good now. I, you know, I'll put it off to the side later. No, it doesn't work that way, people, all right? And other than that, I think we have, oh, I got three more. I think we've done this already. We did this, okay. So, but yeah, so that's basically it. And I think that'll be it for the show today. So, like I said earlier, please, if you get an email or a message that pops up on your computer from, my, you know, say, Microsoft or 
let's say Chrome, and they tell you that you need to update your browser, do it immediately, okay? And be aware, make sure it says HTTPS. Anything else, don't touch it. It could be spyware or anything like that. So it's best to have, and also to please, either your job or your job or home, either or. Please, when they say, unlock your computer and log out before you go home because they're upgrading, they're pushing patches through those machines, people. Don't you want your computer to work good and, you know, uh, away from malware, spyware, all that junk that flies up in there because you got to have that protection, all right? So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a great rest of the Sunday. I hear it's supposed to rain later on, some big storms, so... Be prepared for that. And I hope everyone has a great weekend, rest of your weekend. It's back to work tomorrow, for me at least. And like I said, I hope you all have a great weekend. God bless you. Take care. Be good. And hold on, before I go, we're going to talk some NFL football. Okay, real quick, real quick. Hold on. All right. So... NFL season approaching. Uh, we got we have some preseason games which are meaningless, but they need to see some of the rookies or some of the ball players that came from, you know, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth round. They want to see if they're going to make it or get cut. And I've only seen a handful of preseason games. I watched Thursday night. It was Seattle and Chicago. That quarterback they got for Chicago, he just give him an offensive line. That poor kid's gonna get killed. He's gonna end his career if you don't Chicago get an offensive lineman. Okay, that kid's uh, Fields, Justin Fields. He's excellent. He's got a big arm, good size, six three, and he runs like a gazelle. But you want him to stay in that pocket, give him some protection. Okay, the poor kid has run already. He's running for his life already. Give him some help, Chicago. All right, spend some money because I know they have it. Big city like that. Come on, spend some money and get that kid some protection. If you guys want a winning team, get some get some offensive linemen to protect that kid. He's going to be good. Give him some help. Uh, there's some games on today. I think Baltimore is playing. Uh, I forgot somebody else is playing. There's a bunch of games that are wrong. I'm going to check them out. I'm going to check them out. Dodge Randy here. Uh, what else? I'll check that out. Uh, and I'm looking forward. And, and then next Saturday is college football. The the big, not the big boys. I mean, they are playing. The big, some of the big boys are playing. I think Notre Dame, Notre Dame is playing against Northwestern in Dublin, Ireland. Okay, so <laughs> I guess. Well, look, the Irish they're gonna play in Dublin, so they're playing next week. A lot of games that are going to be on, so we're gonna we're gonna talk. Now that it's uh, approaching um, Division One football, my nephew plays at Pace University. Their season doesn't start until September the third, so I'll be going up to Pleasantville and Westchester, New York. You know, my old stomp, my neck of the woods. I'll be up there, see him play. And hopefully Pace will have a better season than what they did last year. They were horrible last year. 
I understand you're coming off COVID and more, but you got all your horses this year. So I'm looking forward to college football. I like the, you know, typical teams, Alabama, Ohio State's got a kid, Mr. Stroud. When I saw them play last year against uh, Utah, they didn't have their first-string wide receivers because they're on the NFL draft and they didn't want to get hurt. And feeling that if they get hurt, they're not going to have a career in the NFL. So I, I get it. Preserve yourself. They went to second and third string wide receivers. Marvin Harrison Jr. plays Wild State. And let me tell you, he put on a show. Then they had another wide receiver. I don't know who he is. Now he's starting this year. You understand? He put on the show. And they came back and won that game with second and third string wide receivers. So Ohio State's got a factor going on up there. I think they're going to win the Big Ten. I don't see Michigan beating them. If they do, they got a hell of a team. So I think that that Big Ten, I'm looking at Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State. Okay. And another thing, too, they also scored on a major television contract. No more ESPN. It's with CBS, Fox, and NBC. So you're going to be seeing a lot of Big Ten games. I don't think that contract goes into effect until – 2023 but that's a $7 billion contract wow I want just give me a just give me an, an eighth of that money <laughs> so but listen it's coming to the fall now so it's gonna be getting cooler uh, what is it today is 80 something degrees here in Maryland it is that's a lie I don't think it's 60 something degrees I think it's warmer than that but yeah I hope everyone's ready for the College football, which is awfully exciting. I love college football. College football. Then we got NFL. Yeah, baby. So that's coming on. So, like I said, I hope everyone enjoys their day. Everyone enjoys their day. And stay calm, relaxed, and take care and enjoy yourself. Because we will be back next week. And... I hope to hear from you. So God bless and take care and goodbye, everyone.